Do you have goals for your life? Do you want to grow in God? Join me as we deep dive into real and relevant strategies that ignite you to seek God and slay goals. Hey, y'all. Get ready for a discussion about life, business, relationships, and more, all from a biblical perspective. And I'm your host, Felicia L. Henry. Um, and so for those of you who don't know Genesis, let me go ahead and um, introduce her. She's a business consultant and coach that helps leaders package their passion into scalable businesses. She focuses on teaching experts how to build their platforms, gather people, and create scalable products and services. She is a serial entrepreneur owning several businesses, including being a part of a family business. Genesis has worked with businesses, experts, and corporate leaders from all over the world. She is also a passionate faith-based teacher of God's word. Uh, Genesis is the author and creator of several books and products that cater to helping people become the best God has made them to be. So ladies, without further ado, Miss Genesis Dorsey. <laughs> Hey, everybody. I hope that you guys are doing well. Um, first of all, let me see in the chat, um, how many of you guys are taking advantage of 2020? Let me first get that roll call. How many of you are taking full advantage of 2020? In other words, you are making the most um, of this season. You are making the most of this opportunity. You are not sitting on your laurels, okay? But you are maximizing the season. That's really important for me. I want to make sure I have the right people that I'm talking to to because I cannot talk to those who are not ready to take advantage of this season. So um, tonight, if you're taking notes, uh, I decided to kind of mimic the Seek God, Slay Goals name. And so tonight, I decided to call tonight, Seek Freedom and Slay Poverty. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight on how to seek freedom and slay poverty. Um, I first want to outline uh, what our goals are for tonight. Um, you know, again, some of you guys are my, you're part of my tribe. So some of you guys are kind of, uh, you, you are used to uh, my intensity of teaching. You're used to how I teach, but I am going to introduce myself. I am going to talk about, uh, you know, how I've gotten to where I am today. And then we're going to deep dive into uh, this teaching. So again, my name is Genesis Dorsey, and um, I started my journey of entrepreneurship in the family business, and then what ended up happening was that I started my own business. It was not yet a company or anything honestly worth anything to talk about, um, but I started my business, and I started in graphic and web design, and then you know I really began this journey of entrepreneurship and consulting and really becoming an expert in my field, which I am today. And uh, some of the things that I have uh, experienced, especially for women, I really want to hit the nail on the head because I believe that the enemy has deceived many women to think that uh, their, their, their natural success um, is somehow the limit to all that there is. And I really want to unravel tonight on what true freedom is. So that we're not deceived that it's not just a salary amount or that it's just, you know, just a certain figure of, of numbers that we want to hit, but that we're truly experiencing freedom in every area. And so that's why, again, tonight's called Seek Freedom and Slay Poverty. Poverty is not just you not having money in the bank. Okay. I grew up going to the best private schools around every single level of money and you can still be broke and have millions of dollars in the bank. I just want to make that very clear because it's a mindset issue. And I think we all know that it's a mindset issue, but my goal tonight is to do two things. 
to gather you because that is what I seem to do in every single uh, teaching I do. I gather people, I get you together, and then I position you to what you need to do next. That is my calling. And so, um, you know, I've gotten to where I am, um, not because I pay dues to someone, not because I pay dues to my industry. I have never done that. I pay dues to myself. Um, in other words, I realized that my low self-esteem, as some of you guys know as I teach, was robbing me of things that I deserved. Not because of any effort of my own, but because I had allowed things to lie to me and allow myself to struggle below the threshold in which I was supposed to win. And so I'm gonna to identify tonight some things that some of you, you know, but you need to hear again. And you may need to hear it a few times until it hits you to where you realize that this season can be truly a level up season for you where you experience wealth like none other, because that is supposed to be your portion. Okay. Poverty is not your portion. Wealth is, but there are some things that hold people back from wealth that it doesn't take two, three years to obtain it. It doesn't have to take five years or 10 years to obtain it. Um, some things are based upon you making incremental shifts because you're supposed to. So the first thing that I want to talk about is that we are currently in a season uh, of a true shift. And if you haven't felt it, I don't know where your pulse is at, okay? We're in a true shift. And this shift is for entrepreneurs, for people who are in corporate, for people who are in different careers, to finally position themselves in their correct position. Some of you in your business, you're doing what you're supposed to do, but not at the level you're supposed to do it, okay? And there are some things you need to shift. Let me list them for you. Procedures, processes, pricing structures, promotions, and potential customers. These are the things that, you know, for some people, like you, you know, you've upgraded your processes, but you still are talking to people who can't pay you what you really need to charge. So I'm glad that you've upgraded your system. I'm glad that you've elevated your headshots. I'm glad that you now have the right copy. But if you're still talking to the wrong audience, you're not going to hit six figures. You're not going to hit a million dollars. You're not going to hit 2.5. You're not going to hit five. Whatever your goals are, they're not going to be hit, right? Why? Because it's a holistic experience. Poverty, erasing and eradicating poverty is a holistic move. It's not where, you know, well, I got a little bit of freedom here and I got a little bit of freedom here. It's a holistic move that breaks it all away from your entire lifestyle. So poverty is a lack mindset that no matter how much you make, it is the mindset of not being enough, not having enough, or not doing enough. Those are three things. Poverty is not the fact that you're broke. Some of you are making money, but it is not how you should be making it. You know, poverty mindset is where you're overworking. That's a poverty mindset. You're doing too much for too little. Poverty mindset. Because you have this overcompensating spirit. You have this thing in your head that somehow you're not good enough. So I have to overwork myself to feel good enough to earn the money that I'm earning, even though you're earning pennies upon what you should be earning, right? Again, I'm not here to make you feel good. I'm just here to gather you and then to position you to where you should be. So poverty mindset is again these three things, not being enough, not having enough, and not doing enough. And enough is not the economic poverty threshold. It's whatever you feel. So if I ever feel like I'm not enough, it doesn't matter if I'm making 2.5, 5, 10 million, 30 million a year. If I don't feel like I'm enough, that's a poverty mindset. 
We got that? If I feel like I'm not doing enough because I've always felt as if my efforts have to be, you know, where you know I'm outshining others, or I feel as if, you know, um, you know, I've I've come from a poverty background. And so, you know, my, my maybe my mother or my grandmother or my father always had to work 30 jobs. So you have that same mindset in the back of your head that if you're not hustling, then you're not working. If you don't, if your body doesn't hurt, if you don't, if you haven't put 40 hours in, you know, I'm not grinding enough. That's a poverty mindset. Got it? Um, if I feel as if my name isn't in, in enough places or not enough people know my name or, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not like popping like everybody else, you know, my, my, you know, my face isn't on enough flyers, poverty mindset right this creates this sense of overworking um that rich people don't do right poor people do let's just let's just be real that's what happens right because there's this sense that we're not doing enough so i gotta do more to get more right but as a christian that is not the operation of the kingdom that's not the operation of the kingdom it's not the operation of the kingdom is let's go to genesis three and i outlined this in a previous teaching but i'm bringing it back up for our emphasis here um genesis 3 verse 17 i'm just using this as an example some of you guys who follow my teaching you've heard this but we're going to bring it back this is when uh, adam and eve left the garden and they experienced the curse the bible says in genesis 3 verse 17 that adam he said because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which i commanded you you must not eat from it cursed is the ground because of you through painful toil you will eat food from it all the days of your life it will produce thorns and thistles for you and you will eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground since from it you were taken for dust you are and dust you will return if you're working like this you're working according to the curse okay let me, let me outline what it says by the sweat of your brow you will eat your food if you're working by the sweat of your brow, you are working by the curse. Okay, I'm trying to make it as plain and simple for you as possible. The world works according to the sweat of their brow. But it's very interesting on how many Christians we claim to have read the Bible. We claim to have done all these things. And yet, we work just like the world. I'm, I'm just, again, blown away. Now, again, why is this happening? Usually, it's because of lack of teaching. That's, and that's one of the reasons why I knew God had called me to teach on Christian entrepreneurship, because there was such a emphasis, especially in the church, on telling everyone to be entrepreneurs, but the model was still the same of working by the curse, right? And what was happening is that Christians were looking at other Christians in the church, and still today, where we look at someone and say, oh my God, look at their six, they're, they're Christians, they're saved, look at them, they're making their money. But some of them are still working by the curse. So they're not actually a good model to my success because they don't work like Abraham. They don't work like Moses. They don't work like David. They don't even work like Jesus. They work like the curse of the ground, sorry, the curse of the ground. And so what this creates is this, um, is this understanding that somehow grace and the Holy Spirit is somehow not in operation. So it's very interesting on how, again, why am I detailing this? Because before I get into how we break the curse, we have to first understand that the curse exists. And many Christians are still under the curse. We claim to be saved, but the thing about salvation is that salvation is holistic. Salvation is not just save my soul, it saves my pockets. It takes care, it, it restores my mentality back to wholeness. It also removes the curse. Got it? So I cannot claim, this is important, you gotta understand this. 
I may be saved in my spiritual realm, but if I have not applied this thinking, then I am still like Adam and Eve under the curse. Got it? And so the question you have to ask yourself is, in my working patterns, in my thinking, have I created a business? Have I created ideas where I am still working by how much effort I put into it, right? How many hours I put into it. Some of you have been disappointed because you've been in business for let's say five, six, seven years. You put all this work into it and you become disappointed because you didn't make the profit a certain amount of time. Could it be that maybe you were working by the sweat of your brow, right? Or, you know, I, that's why some people, you know, you got to pay dues to your industry. You got to put in the work. That's not the biblical way. When did Abram ever put in the work to become Abraham? When, did he ever pay his dues? No, he gave honor to God and built an altar. Oh, wait, hold on. Did Moses ever pay his dues to do his purpose? No, instead he ran away into a desert place, a burning bush contacted him, and then he said, oh no, God, I'm not the one to be called. And the Lord said, no, I am that I am. Okay, there we go. Did Jesus have to pay his dues to do his purpose? No, instead he lived on the earth for 30 years, did ministry for only three, and knocked out his purpose and went back to heaven. So when we talk about true entrepreneurship, many people who are teaching even this topic of Christian entrepreneurship, they're teaching it from the wrong perspective. You see, what they're teaching you, they're teaching natural, and we put a little bit of the Holy Spirit on, we pray, we see God, we get up off our knees, but then yet you go back to working the curse. So it's like, we spent labor speaking in tongues about our business for two hours. We get up and we go back to working by the curse. And then we wonder why we have to keep on teaching the same stuff in the church over and over again. This is why Amazon, Walmart, Apple are all built, are, are, are all built by sinners. There's no Christians dominating the Forbes list. And it's not because we can. It's not because we don't have the ability. I think truly it's because we have put our religion, not our Christian, we put our religion and we've limited it to salvation and we have not broken the real curse, right? So when we look at certain things because we think it's taboo, money is so just taboo. It's just so, you know, we just, first of all, it's about purpose, Genesis. It's about purpose. It's about purpose. No, it's, it's, it's about serving God's will, you know, but I'm sorry. You did file your business to the government as, as, a, as a LLC, correct? I mean, you did file as a S-Corp. I mean, you did file as a business. And technically, by law and by definition of a business, is that you are supposed to exchange goods and services and exchange, sorry, exchange, exchange, sorry, exchange goods and services for money. You chose this, right? Oh, but see, this is where the next thing comes from. Again, I'm trying to clean out bad thinking so that we can get to where how we're going to say this first the thing about it though is that entrepreneurship for the christian is a calling it's not a choice that's that's the second thing now that we have to talk about you can't break a curse you're not called to okay you like literally so if i've been called to corporate but yet i'm trying to break it through entrepreneurship i won't break it I don't care how many ideas you come up with, you won't break it. But if I've been called an entrepreneurship and not corporate, I can't break it by corporate. Now, if God calls me to both lanes, I can break it by both lanes. But the problem is that people are calling people to things that they're not called to. And then we're choosing, this is important, you gotta understand this. A Christian actually cannot call themselves, but a sinner can. 
This is the difference. If I do not have access to the Holy Spirit, I can do whatever I want to do because I am my own. But the moment that I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I am not my own. I am not my own. I'm going to say this one again. You are not your own. So this is where disappointment comes in for many people trying to break curses in their families because they pick things by what they're feeling and what they feel like they should do. You know, I hate my job, so I must be an entrepreneur. No, you hate your job because maybe it's not the right job. You know, or you hate your job because maybe, you know, you're in the wrong position or that's not where you're supposed to be. But, you know, I don't go to entrepreneurship because I hate my job. That's not a calling. Hating your job is not a calling to entrepreneurship. Okay. Um, not wanting to be under someone is not a call to entrepreneurship. No, you know, I just, I, I'm not good at following rules. Maybe it's because you need to learn how to follow rules, right? Because when you decide to hire someone and you want them to follow rules, but you're not good at following rules, how that's going, what, what, what are we going to do with that, right? So what's happening is that we're using our emotions to fall into a calling. And that's not how principles work in the kingdom of God, right? So whatever I am called to, I have the grace for, right? There should be a flow for, got it? So I have to first make sure, am I called? That's the first thing. Because when we talk about freedom, freedom is not based on a position. Freedom is based upon where God has called you to. If God has called me to be a missionary, not an entrepreneur, do you know that my grace and my favor will come through being the missionary and not the entrepreneur? If God called me to be a teacher in the classrooms, but I feel like because I'm having angst in the classroom that somehow that's he means I'm supposed to be an entrepreneur, that no, that's not how that works. It's where God calls you. Because wherever he calls you, there's an anointing and a favor in that. So I can first understand that entrepreneurship is a calling for the Christian. It's not a choice. You don't just say, I want to go into business. That's not how that works because you're not your own. And remember, I don't work by the curse. This is big. You got to get this. So let me give you a few things that entrepreneurship is about. And then we're going to break these down. The first thing is that entrepreneurship is about using your genius to break the curse of poverty because that's the path God called you to, okay? Entrepreneurship is about using your genius, using your mind, okay, to break the curse of poverty because that's the path he calls you to. It's not about your energy. It is about your genius. This is why God had called me to really teach you on platforms, you know, minding your genius, because what the world wants you to think is that it's the sweat of your brow, but it's not. It's this, it's the mind, okay? So I always tell my tribe what your mind is worth millions. But a lot of people don't believe that because you never seen millions. I don't have to see millions to know that my mind is worth it. But see, if I have a poverty mindset, I'll always try to make up for what I do not see. So entrepreneurship is about using your genius to break the curse of poverty because that's the path he's called you to be on. Number two, entrepreneurship is about creating options through your genius by building a framework of success. Not building a regular framework, but it must be a framework of success. Many people, when they start businesses, it's very interesting. They don't build them to be successful. They build them to build a business. They don't build them to actually be successful. Isn't that interesting? You know, we look at people's business models. I always ask them, okay, so how are you going to hit, uh, you know, a certain number, a certain amount? Well, you know, I don't want to think about that. I'm going to first start with a few things. I'm going to see what happens with that, and then we're going to go from there. 
That's a poverty mindset. See, the defense mechanism says, well, no, 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 I just want to start small and see what happens. So you didn't come in to win? Poverty mindset. You came in to dabble. You came in to try. Got it. So now you're going to spend all your blood, sweat, and tears to try because truly you're in a poverty mindset, which is fear. So then you say, well, you know, I haven't really made a lot of money from the business. You know, I guess no one wants what I have. I've been working this consulting firm and it's just not what, because you didn't come in to win. So even when you came in to price yourself, you gave people Instagram and social media pricing. You didn't, you, you didn't start to win. So what you did was, I'm going to sell my, I'm going to sell my consulting services to my friends and family. I'm not going to walk into a corporation, ask them if they're looking for a freelance company that can service them. So what you did was you picked struggle. This is an honest conversation people have to have, right? Fear and a poverty mindset always makes you pick what you can relate to. So your options for what you drive, where you live, what you can do, you pick that. This is what I had to, I had to have an honest conversation with myself. It didn't matter who I knew, who I was connected to, how many mentor millionaires you know. At the end of the day, you are what you pick. You're not what you attract. You are what you have picked, what you have selected, what you have chosen. So if I decide to start, as I did, a consulting firm, and I decide that I'm only going to sell to people who look like me, who I can relate to, but I didn't start at hitting people who could afford what, where I need to live at in this current moment, I chose that. And I chose it out of something on the inside of me that did not feel like I was worthy to get a contract worthy of my hire. Okay, so that was a choice. You picked poverty. You picked a poor business. So if you didn't hit your six figures in a year, that was, now I'm talking about for service based. That's your choice. In my first year of business, I struggled. My second year of business, I did six figures. It was a choice. There, it, I don't want to hear the excuse about, well, you know, I don't know people who can pay me. I don't, everyone knows where rich people live. Everyone knows where broke people live. You pick that. At the end of the day, you pick, you pick, you pick. I don't pick, you pick. So, you know, if I want to buy my next Louis Vuitton bag, okay, I picked the ability to pick it or not have it. That was not a, well, I'm going to get there one day. Just, I would love to be able to shop like you. This is not a one day. That's a you pick the day. You pick when you are going to rise to the level of wealth. You pick it. This is not a, no. You pick when you're going to email these top companies. You pick when you're going to go on LinkedIn and use your LinkedIn, not for your little small people that you know. When are you going to go after the corporations? That's your choice. But meanwhile, someone who has no fear, no questions of, you know, background of like poverty, mindset, all that, you know, they don't, they don't do what you do. They go straight. They, if they want wholesale vendors, they're going to figure out how I'm, how I'm going to get my product on the shelves at Target. They're not going to watch Shark Tank for 30 years and, and imagine how. This is not, this is a, this is a, well, where do I start? I Google. What do I do? I make relationships. But how do I make them? It's, it's fear. It's fear. You having all these questions about how to simply say hello to people. So entrepreneurship is about creating options through your genes by building your own framework of success. I don't start a company without a plan of it being successful. If I did not come into one, you should not do it. But what if it's not successful? Oh, I guess you, you're the one who build, who's building a plan B and exit plan. What's the plan to get it done? What are you going to do? What is the execution? Who are you going to meet? How will this be financed? Do you need to partner? Do you need to get a loan? Do you need capital? 
These are straightforward questions. But we love to talk about it. So we go with our girlfriends and our guy friends, and we post on social media about, I just had a wonderful millionaire meeting with one of my mentors about success. And, you know, I'm just so excited about what God's going to be doing, you know, in my life. You know, watch out world. Hashtag watch out. Okay. You had lunch. You took a picture. What you going to do in this core? Because at the end of the day, God does not get glory out of social media posts that do not profit. Okay. You claim you're building a company. I mean, I'm just, what we doing here, right? Okay. So the Lord is not impressed of these frivolous things that you do for social media to feel some kind of important, because that's a poverty mindset. If you feel like you can post your way into success and have connections with people that you never profit from. It's like women who date rich men and don't never become millionaires themselves. Something is wrong. You know, it's, it's, uh, there's, if I can be connected to millions but not make millions, I, something is wrong. So you have to understand that I must have a framework for success. I want to keep on going. So number one, entrepreneurship is about using that genius to break the curse of poverty because this is the path God's called you to. Number two, entrepreneurship is about creating options that your genius, through your genius, by building your own framework of success. Are you building successfully from the ground up? Uh, but number three, right, is that entrepreneurship is about growth and transforming how our clients see the industry, right? See the industry as a whole. And this is important because Ooh, this is good. Are you operating your platform and your business as if you are the genius? I teach this all the time, but it's a good question. I think everyone should hear over and over again. Am I just running a business or am I running the business as an authority figure in the marketplace? Innovation comes when we have a passion for the industry that we're in. It's bigger than just the business we have. It's the actual industry. You are called to transform the industry. You are not called to transform just through your business. Innovators are people who are passionate about the whole field. So I'll give you a perfect example. In ministry, for instance, the people who are innovative in ministry are people who are passionate about ministry as a whole and not just their church or their movement. They want to transform how people do ministry see ministry, experience ministry, right? So if I'm in the hair business, for instance, the way that I become innovative in the hair business is because I wanna transform how people see hair, buy hair, experience hair, right? That's how you become innovative, not because you want people just to buy from your hair business. So do we understand this? So this is about expanding. God has graced you to transform industries. He has not graced you to just transform your business. Transformation is a holistic experience. And if we're so focused on just our platform, our business, our this, our that, you miss out on the innovative scale of God, right? It was the fact that Moses had a heart for his people. He didn't have just a heart for one person, right? Jesus transformed the way that we saw salvation because he had a heart for the whole entire world. He just didn't have a heart for one person, right? It's important that we understand that we transform through seeing things at scale and not just an individual picture. Most people, when they start a business, they think about just themselves and like, that's it. And like, you know, I want to impact people, but they just think about their business. They don't think about the whole entire industry. But as a person graced by God in this field, you've been called to transform the entire industry. So the way that you even think about what you do is greater than just me. It's thinking about, okay, 
How do I do this kind of business in the marketplace as a whole differently? How are we thinking about customer acquisition differently? How are we thinking about, you know, building our, our business frameworks as we expand across the next quarter in 2021 differently? How are we thinking about, you know, um, customer engagement differently? How are we thinking about this industry as a whole differently? Are we keeping ourselves aware of the trends and aware of the way that people are moving in customer behavior in this industry? Are we looking at other industries and looking at innovative ways that tech, looking at different ways that science and STEM, looking at different ways, um, you know, that, uh, that music and culture are influenced in the way that people process our types of products and services. Are we looking at things from a holistic perspective or are we just focused like this? This is how we build economic health and freedom through entrepreneurship. We think differently. But that thinking differently is birthed, especially as a Christian, through the Holy Spirit. Number four, entrepreneurship is about impact and influence. It is about impact and influence. Followers do not equate to impact and influence. Just because someone has the gift to gather does not mean they have the gift to impact and influence. Do not be deceived, especially in this day. Numbers do not equate to impact and influence. It's really important for us to understand this, especially as Christian entrepreneurs. Many Christian entrepreneurs chase the world system of impact and influence, and then they feel like they're not achieving some kind of success because they do not have the numbers or the engagement or the, or the, the influence like someone else. But kingdom impact and influence is focused on fruit and growth. Right. If I can gather people, but they never surpass me in growth, I'm not truly an impactor and an influencer. I'm a person who's addicted to having people around me that I'm always seen as the leader. I'm always seen as the greatest one in the room. Be careful when you chase and pursue clout from people who they never have people follow them who are greater than them. And I'm not talking about, you know, like connections. I'm talking about people that have set at their feet and then have risen past them. You know, it's, it's like the, it's the true definition of leadership. Leadership is where my job is to show you a destination and make you greater than I have ever been. That's what Jesus did. Jesus said, greater work shall you do. I've done these works, but greater work shall you do. Why? Because I have empowered you. I have given you tools and strategies so that you will have even greater success than I have, right? And as entrepreneurs, one of the ways that we break the curse of poverty is through employment, right? This is why I tell people, you know, um, I can tell when people are thinking too small because they never think about employment. They're just thinking about, you know, how to break their curse of poverty. But when we look at your business model, where is the plan for hiring at? Because that's where your next level of influence comes in. It's not just the customers. It's the ability to begin to frame a world where as you hire, you can create a culture of freedom that many other cultures, work cultures do not have because the Holy Spirit is not present. And the Holy Spirit is not leading that business model, right? And so that's where the inner impact and influence comes into play, where you begin to have a daily impact on those who work for you have right? And this is something I want to ask every one of you. If you're building a business and you have not added a plan for employment in place, you need to think bigger. You're thinking way too small. Because number one, you're going to work by the sweat of your brow if you never hire. And so my prayer is not, God, give me a million. My prayer is, God, give me employees so that I can scale to a million and not work by the sweat of my brow, 
right? If I think that I can build a company all by myself, you are not thinking smart, okay? That's not how this works, okay? That's not how that works, right? We scale through employment. That's how you scale a company. You scale by hiring and then you, ex you expand your processes and your distribution systems or the ways that you provide your services, but you never ride it upon your own horn. You can't, you can't ride on your own wings. It doesn't work that way. You scale through hiring because what happens is that you can maximize your energy by focusing on leading the company forward while you now have people who can support you and support the customers that are now coming through your company. This is key. Impact and influence and breaking the curse of poverty is not just linked to you. We can see this through Abraham. We can see this through Moses. We can see this through Jesus. You know, Abram brought his crew, even though the Bible says, you know, don't bring your kinfolk. He, if you read the scriptures, he had camps of people, right? When you look at Moses, he had uh, Miriam and he had Aaron. When you look at Jesus, he had the 12 disciples. Anytime you look at David, he had a troop of people. How could he go back to Ziglag by himself and, re and recover all that he lost? He had at least 300 men. Anytime you look at anyone who was successful, Jericho, how did Joshua knock down the walls? Did he walk around the walls himself? No. He had a troop of people. God's people walk around those walls seven times, okay? There's no place in the Bible you will find scalable impact and growth without somebody having a team, okay? God will never have you do a great work all by yourself. And if you think you've been called so much that you can do all this by yourself, uh-uh. That's why vision should always support having help. Because the help is not just for you, but it's for people to experience a way of living that they've never experienced by working for somebody else. Not everybody is called to be an entrepreneur. So if they've called to work for somebody else, why don't they work for you? Think about it like this. If someone has to work for somebody else, why can't it be somebody who's filled with the Holy Spirit, loves God, honors people, treats people right, pays them right? Why can't it be you? But you know what we do? Our fear keeps us small. Fear keeps us living small, dreaming small. And then meanwhile, someone who should be working for you is now bound to a chain desk somewhere, working for someone in misery and grief. Meanwhile, God is trying to get you to dream bigger. You're probably sitting here watching like, listen, you need, you need to be in this call, okay, to hear me tell you, okay? Somebody is waiting on you to level up. Someone is waiting on you to get us some more scalable ideas, to expand this business, to meet better people, and get build a better network, a more wealthier system, so that you can go out here and save some people from a hell-like culture work environment. Because if God has called you to entrepreneurship, he has called you to build a powerful team. He has called you to influence and impact people through employment. Because that's the second way to break the curse of poverty, to introduce a culture of wholeness. Most people don't want to work for other people because they're in horrible work environments. So, so their gift in working for others can't even flow because they're not in a prime environment. Let me continue. Entrepreneurship is about profitability. I left this one last because, you know, Christians like to leave this one last. <laughs> it's about purpose. It's not about profit. How, I mean, we've heard this, you know, when you focus on the purpose, then the profit will come. You know, the world actually says that. It's the world that says that. Not Christians. It's the world that says, chase purpose. Chase your purpose. But the kingdom, we don't chase purpose. We have the Holy Spirit. Why am I chasing something that the Holy Spirit can confirm? The world has to chase purpose because they have no confirmation of any kind. I have to chase something I don't know where it is at or it keeps on moving from me. The Bible says the Holy Spirit, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you until the end of time. I don't chase purpose. 
I know it sounds cute because it's action, but I have the grace on my life. I have favor, I have abundance. So I never think about chasing purpose. It's birthed from the inside of me. The Bible says in uh, Jeremiah, it says, I knew you uh, before you were even born or created. I knew you before you were even a being in your mother's womb, right? Why? Because he calls us. We don't chase it. We're called to it. He confirms where we say, listen, this is what I've called you to do. I'm not going to give you all the steps, but this is what you're supposed to do. So I don't have to run to and fro. This is important. The only person who runs to and fro is the enemy. We know this because Job uh, was going through turmoil, and, and this is before it happens, and the Lord asked the devil, where you been? He said, well, I've been running to and fro, seeking whom I may devour chasing with no purpose just running around don't know what you're doing chasing random things right that's the curse that's why the enemy runs to and fro because he's birthed out of curse right there's scattered thinking but as a child of god i don't have to be scattered because i'm called i'm not like the world this is why as christians we don't operate like the world i'm not like the world i hear the voice of the holy spirit and i obey accordingly i don't know how i don't have to know every step i may doubt every now and then because i'm human and i'm not perfect but at the end of the day i would rather go by the voice than go by the noise in this world thank you for tuning in to the seek god slay goals podcast stay connected with us on facebook and instagram at seek god slay goals